I'm sure yeah, we'll bring that up I'm every sure. week in the next six weeks. Yes. And after that, too. So we have a survey. Got a little red survey. and blue glow behind it yeah. and stuff. Click so. on the survey. Take the survey. Big week. Big week. <laughs> Control Structure Episode 23, Enamored of Casinos, for April 23rd, 2013, with host Andrew Bailey and guest Ian Buck, and now I'll never amount to anything. Hey, big week. Oh, huge. Yeah, my week was actually eventful this time. What happened? Uh, well, if you might recall, I said that I had donated blood a while back, maybe mm-hmm. a fortnight ago, I think, and uh, that was the weekend that the blood bank was giving away ball game tickets. So, uh, you know, th- they ha- they did this last year, and what happened was uh, my dad came over and uh, came over to Pittsburgh, and we went to the game there. And by the game, I mean go to a Pirates game which is Pittsburgh's, like, really sucky baseball team. <laughs> so, uh, last time uh, we went, they won, and I was sort of disappointed. Um, so, anyways, he uh, comes over, like, Sunday morning, and I recall that uh, Matt was sort of annoyed that his dad had conned him into going to church. Well, I got news for you. I conned my dad into going to church. Nice. So. And then, uh, which was uh, sort of interesting because uh, we did, like, a baptism there. And, you know, how, uh, like, back, how old paintings and stuff have, like, baptisms in, like, rivers and lakes and stuff out in the woods? Sure. Well, apparently... Your brother, we're out, though. Yeah. Apparently, my uh, pastor is a former missionary to the Ukraine, and he says that he actually did that. And it makes a good painting, but he says that you don't want to be there. <laughs> Sounds cold. So instead, uh, the church got a portable hot tub and set it up in the loading dock. <laughs> and we baptized like six people <laughs> in, a, in the loading dock. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, so then uh, me and Dad hopped in the car and went to the game. And... Uh, we finally found the uh, Permonti Brothers uh, stand in there. I don't think you can call it a stand, maybe a stall or something. Because, uh, like, apparently my dad uh, watches the Food Channel a lot, and uh, apparently they had Permonti on there at least once or something. And he's like, that's over in Pittsburgh, right? Well, I want you to go over there and eat there. <laughs> Unfortunately, the one in the stadium has a vastly uh, reduced menu, uh, but it was still good. 
And uh, so, you know, the, uh, the little booklets that they give out at the game, um, apparently we had the lucky number, so we had to go over to the casino to claim it, so we ended up in a casino. And I wasn't exactly enamored of casinos beforehand, and I stand by that assertion. <laughs> so Wait, there was a there was a casino in the stadium? Uh nearby. I think it was huh. like maybe a mile or so up the road. But uh you know how Ryan knows where all the bars are? Oh of course. Well, turns out I know where all the casinos are around here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so I go into there and there's this uh, age gate that I can't really get past. So I hand hand this dude a piece of plastic that the Commonwealth gave me that, you know, has my birthday on it mm-hmm. and a few other things like the fact that I can drive. Yeah. So, and then, you know, that he gave me this really, uh, in really colorful bracelet to wear. That marked you as being old enough? I guess. <laughs> so, and then, like, we get in there and I'm not sure if, like... Because apparently they gave us this card and it had supposedly had a few points on it to use, but like every machine we stuck it into, like said that we had zero points. So I'm like, okay, this is a load of bull crap. So, <laughs> yep, that was a very interesting Sunday. Well, um, I guess the most significant thing that happened to me this week was uh, my software development class uh you know we the project that we're working on finally kind of took off this is like our our third iteration of the project and uh the website actually looks really really good now um here i'll I'll put a link in the uh, show notes uh so i'm not sure if you've said that what you're actually doing with that yeah so it's a it's a photo scavenger uh website um and um, so, you know, if, if you want to go on there and make a, a, a scavenger hunt for other people to do, then you go and create that hunt and then you can invite other people by email and, uh, you know, they log in and they can take photos and upload them to the site and it's, yeah. Oh no, you forgot an E in that title. Aha. See, we did that intentionally. Oh. Like Flickr, but it's scavenger. I I mean, as much as I hate it, could you be more like Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I had a rather interesting thing happen today, but more on that later. So, and uh, let's see. I think Chris uh, last week had mentioned something about how you drive on parkways and park on driveways. I do recall that. Uh, well, it's a classic. Well, I that reminded me of this one quote from William Faulkner that says, A bus station is where a bus stops. A train station is where a train stops. On my desk, I have a workstation. <laughs> of course. I mean, he was born in the 1800s, so I don't think that he thinks of a workstation as the same thing that I think of a workstation as. So, and then that made me think, well, on my way to work, there are gas stations. Uh, there are also power, fire, TV, and radio stations, but nothing really stops there. Well, I hope that fire would stop at the fire station. Mm. You know, I kind I kind of hope. 
Well, they're sort of made out of bricks, so yeah. brick doesn't really burn that well. So, uh, you hear what happened in Boston? You know, I actually didn't hear about that until like a couple of days after it happened. Yeah, so I guess this happened maybe the day after I did my podcast last week. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, you know, like I wasn't really following it that closely because I my news, like my live news, consists of about twenty minutes of NPR in the morning going mm-hmm. to work. Um, so apparently there was a lot of misinformation going around. Like, apparently Reddit or something, like, a lot of online communities, like, pointed out, like, a few guys that weren't actually the guys. That can end badly when the uh, internet decides that somebody uh, is guilty, but they're not actually. Yeah. So, uh, this article from Slate here I found that says, Breaking news is broken. So... You know, the problem is that the news wants to sensationalize things and... Well, because that sells. Yeah. So, you know, every every business is in the business of selling something, usually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not really good to sit yourself down in front of CNN and watch it for, like, five hours. And, you know, uh, there's this one guy I know of. He must, like, watch Fox, like, all the time. And, like, he's going around saying the government will confiscate the guns and blah, blah, blah. You realize that our government can't even invade third world nations properly, and you think they're going to take away our guns? <laughs> what kind of fairy tale government do you think you have? Well, we are kind of closer than the third world country. Anyways, uh, and now for the coolest thing that I've seen since last time, and I forget when that was. Uh, but this is a video I found from a, a demo scene comp- uh, competition, I think it was about a month ago, uh, called Lubeck 24x7x365. And what it is is, uh, like, some guys got together, they made, I think it was like a rail, and they put a digital camera on it, and it must have been like an Arduino or something, like some electronic that would, you know, have the camera take a picture and move it down the rail just a little bit, take another picture, and over a few hours just make these beautiful time-lapse, uh, you know, videos. Oh, they look really good. Yeah. So, uh, check that out. You know, you can watch it on YouTube, or you can download a very high-quality video of that. I've also seen another um, video of these guys who took a bunch of GoPros and put them all on a slightly curved rail, and so th- and then they just filmed things. And when you know there's like a cool moment, like if if a guy's uh, doing a backflip, they'll like pause the video, um, you know, at the at the apex, and then just like switch between the different views from the different GoPros. Okay, it so what's really a GoPro? Cool. Uh, a GoPro is a it's like a, a take anywhere camera that has a wider lens, uh, a wider field of view than most. Um, and it's meant for, you know, like, you can mount it on uh, on your helmet while you're, like, you know, um, uh, whitewater rafting or, or mountain biking or whatever, um, you know, hmm. stuff like that. That that sounds an awful lot like the uh, one thing they did for the Super Bowl about ten years ago. Um, like, I remember one time that, uh, I forget which stadium it was or even what number it was, but, uh, like, on the second... Uh, I guess you'd call it like a balcony or something, like where it overhangs. Mm-hmm. They must have put about 
I don't know, like 30 or so cameras around that edge all huh. around the stadium. So, like, whenever someone would kick a field goal, like, you'd see it, you know, looking down, like, straight on the 50-yard line, and then it would flip cameras, boop, 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 boop to the uh, goal posts, so you could see it coming in. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like, why ha- haven't they done this since, you know, since then? Yeah. Of course, it probably cost, like, half an Instagram to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, have you heard us, uh... Uh, us being uh, myself and Chris uh, bitch and moan about our finances. Oh yeah, all the time. So um, here's uh, some info on how bad uh, student loans can be. I found this rather interesting presentation. But uh, yeah, it turns out that student debt is the second, uh, second largest form of debt in the United States. I've gotten pretty lucky um, because... My family is poor enough, and I got good enough grades in high school that... You're getting pretty much a free ride, I hear. I So for the first year, freshman year, I actually got paid $4,000 to go to school. <laughs> and this year, I think I've had to pay a total of $700. So I'm actually still Ahead. positive. <laughs> yep. Wow. Like that last. What kind of a con artist are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm conning all those uh, rich old people who want to give me scholarships into, you know, paying for my tuition. <laughs> yeah, so, um... Literally, do they know that I'm just going out and partying and not getting good grades at all, you know? <laughs> well, um, at least you can ask Ryan where all the bars are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just like, go on Google Maps and, like, oh, I guess there, there's, uh, there's one down on 5th Street there in Morris. Yeah, Ian, you should go there. <laughs> Uh, but are, do do those bars have age gates? Oh, of course they do. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I remember being, I don't know, like, eight or something, and I remember going with my dad, and he dropped in, like, some bar. I'm, I'm not sure what kind of friends he had or what he was doing there, but I remember playing pool a lot. So, and as it turns out, that, uh, you know, young folks like us aren't driving as much either nowadays. Makes sense. Um, because we have student loans to pay off, and if we have, you know, big student loans, we can't exactly afford car loans. Although I guess I must be an exception to that, because I just took out a car loan. Hmm. Yeah. Question, do I sound garbled to you? No, you sound just fine. Okay. Good. I'll just deal with it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we have our Kickstarter uh, for this week. And I just found this today. So, I'm just going to go off on a branch here. Have you ever lived in a place for years, and then one day you found out that you're living next to something totally awesome? Um, nope. Okay, well, that happened to me today. Um, another question. Do you like pinball? I, uh, I played a lot of Space Cadet Pinball on Windows XP back in the day but other than that not really okay have you ever have you ever stood in front of a pinball machine yes you know with buttons i go clack 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 yep okay so imagine a pinball machine in a warehouse next okay. to 400 other pinball machines <laughs> are people that, playing on all of them 
Um, sometimes. Oh, because boy. five miles from where I'm at, and like a few thousand feet off of the uh, the route I go home from work, there's a warehouse that has hundreds of pinball machines. Wow. And, and you ask, what? what does this have to do with Kickstarter? Well, this organization called PAPA, which is the Professional and Amateurs Pinball Association, is kickstarting a TV network that will live stream pinball tournaments. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, I just heard about this this afternoon, and I definitely will check this out. And it's, like, down the road from me. In fact, I swung past the place on my way home. I can't imagine that they're going to get tons of viewers. Well, pinball is sort of a uh, small niche market, and yeah. there's not a whole lot of uh, thing people being catered to there. Like I can, I can enjoy playing it. I don't know how much I would enjoy watching somebody play pinball. So, um, apparently, they just had some sort of tournament. Uh, I believe it might have been last week or a week ago, or two weeks ago. Um, but, uh, apparently they're going to have, like, the World Pinball Championships in August. Hmm. And it seems like that's open to the public. So, like, I might just spend a Saturday down there. And they, it says, like, the public is welcome, uh, you know, whenever, like, uh, they have a championship or something. So, you know, I know deep down that I suck at pinball. <laughs> and that I'll never amount to anything, but I think pinball is cool. I like, um, I mean, I, I got pretty decent at, at the uh, computer game, pinball, but that's extremely predictable, and the physics always do the same thing, you know, every single time. Yeah, I, I know which one you're talking about. But, uh, you know, there's there's nothing like the, uh, you know, the clack of something beneath your hands. True. And Speaking of clack, my roommate recently got a mechanical p- keyboard, and it is driving me crazy. Oh. Well, I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> Although, wait until I run the compression filter over this in Audacity. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have any Raspberry or LOL Apple news this week. Darn. Uh, but we do have some Microsoft news this week. I've heard of them. Yeah, can you uh, can you give us some information on uh, Microsoft there? Yeah, so Microsoft is uh, starting up two-factor authentication, and it's working exactly the same way that Google's does. And in fact, you can use the exact same app to do two-factor authentication for both of them. Yep, right on your phone. So, um, uh, renowned developer Scott Hanselman, who happens to be an employee of Microsoft at the moment, uh, 
you know, has, you know, a rather useful blog. And, uh, he put up a post, uh, you know, pretty much explaining all of this. <laughs> At the top, the first picture is Google Authenticator. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, yeah, he, uh, like has Google hardware or, actually, um, I think he has like Apple hardware because he has like iPhones and iPads and stuff. He keeps his data in Google, and he works at Microsoft. (laughs) Well, he gets around, doesn't he? And it somehow works together. So, you mean, like, Microsoft is actually using existing industry standards for all of this? Who would have... Wait, hold on. Hell is freezing over? What? (laughs) You know, it's the really funny thing about uh, Google's two-factor authentication is I can't use it really? because they because the only phone number that I have is a Google Voice phone number. <laughs> so if I try to set up Google two-factor authentication, I will be locked out of my Google Voice number until I can uh, <laughs> get to my phone number, which I can't. <laughs> wow, circular logic fail. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it looks like I might have to get into, you know, look into getting one of those douche phones. Go for it. So. Everybody's got one. Yeah, um, in fact, my aunt, uh, says that she has some droids lying around in a drawer somewhere. And my mom told me, uh, so, yeah, maybe we can get our phones upgraded for the first time in five years. Oh, boy. So upgraded to a couple of phones that have been sitting in a drawer for how long? <laughs> oh, hi, mom. So speaking, I don't of, think my mom's going to listen to this. Well, uh, anyway, so speaking of Microsoft, uh, somewhat reminiscent of what they did about ten years ago, Oracle finally decides to take Java security seriously, and apparently they will delay Java eight to make it happen. So. You know, apparently they're going to, you know, do a lot of stuff with, uh, like, method-level, uh, you know, improvements like lambdas and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm okay with Java. It works. You know, mm-hmm. I guess I've somehow melded my thinking into how Java works. So, you know, delaying Java 8 would be fantastic, especially if, you know, security will be a top priority on this. So we have to uh, wait for longer with less security before they can bring us better security. Well, I mean, so long as, uh, you know, they don't discover 39 holes <laughs> like they did. You know, apparently Java is like a colander. So um, Google Fiber is uh, not only coming to Austin, Texas, but also to Provo, Utah, and uh, instead of just building their fiber optic uh, network from scratch, Google's buying the existing one called iProvo for a dollar. And then they'll expand it, and uh, if it doesn't work out, then they'll sell it back for a dollar. Yeah, so, uh, hey, I remember I was in Utah once. Were uh, you? Yeah. Um, in fact, I drove, well... I I didn't drive past it. My roomie drove past it while I was in the car with him, uh, past Provo a few times going to his house. So, in fact, it's, you know, sort of, let's see, I'm trying to, if you, I guess if you've been out there, 
in the Salt Lake Valley, you'll know what the Salt Lake Valley is, but it's sort of divided into three parts. And like Salt Lake is sort of towards the north of the middle section. Mm-hmm. Uh, Provo is south. And then a little up, up north of uh, Salt Lake itself is uh, Ogden. So, you know, you got sort of like three large sections of valley there. Ah, I see. So, yeah, and apparently it'll be, uh, Google will be branding the iProvo faster than they will be building out in Austin. So, you know, even though Provo is like the third announced, it'll probably be like the second available. Yeah, well, if there's already a a network that's, you know, existing, it'll be easier for them to get it out to people. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Google, uh, you know what Google does best? They, uh, kill wonderful things. Yes. So, uh, maybe not wonderful things, but just things. Google Reader? Well... Google Reader. It just happens to be, uh, fantastic. So, uh, Yahoo is trying to be like Google and, uh, killing some of its services as well. So, it looks like, uh... There will be six services killed. Um, uh, first, uh, first one will be upcoming, uh, which is sort of like a uh, event scheduler thing. Uh, Yahoo Deals, uh, which I guess is a shopping thing. Uh, SMS alerts. Uh, let's see, that is pretty much like a SMS feature for other apps. Uh, Yahoo Kids, which used to be called Yahooligans, which is hilarious. Yes, it is. Um, Yahoo Mail and Messenger feature phone apps. Uh, let's see, running on J2ME. And uh, older versions of Google Mail. Uh, Yahoo including Mail. Google Mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just had a Chris moment. <laughs> of Yahoo Mail, including Yahoo Mail Classic. So and Yahoo Mail Blue. So, yeah, you know, I've had a Yahoo account going on ten years now. Oh wow! But uh, I haven't really used it for the past, I don't know, seven. Yeah, I um, I consider myself pretty lucky because I didn't jump onto the having uh, online accounts bandwagon until. I was well into high school, and by that time I was mature enough to get myself a Gmail account with the, you know, email address of my name, and not something like Daybreakmaster. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do own the Andrew Bailey at gmail.com. That's good. Um, although I don't use it for much. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that makes sense because it's the same as your domain. Yeah. Um. Although I think I have my domain contact as alpha at gmail.com. Yeah. Oops, I just said my email address. <laughs> and oh, I don't live in St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, like, the major thing about me getting another email account, at least, you know, my Yahoo one anyway... Uh, was because I was sort of tired of, you know, sorting through my parents' email. Mm. So, like, the stuff that was mine would be all on its own. So there'd be, like, a wall of a different service. So. 
so when you're selling something, you should really see how long you can go before mentioning a specific technology. Because when you try to sell a product just by its technology, you get into this war with you know the other people who want to sell their technologies, and then it's all about the technology, not about your specific skills. Yes. So you know this is sort of you know goes along with my philosophy that you know a developer is a or at least a programmer is a good programmer. It shouldn't really matter what technology they use, you know, so long as it's good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Granted, I'm more of a Java guy, but I'm picking up a whole lot of JavaScript, and I at least have a knowledge of C sharp. And I say I'm okay with Python. I have a passing knowledge of Python anyway. So. Yeah, and um, this is one of the things that we are learning this semester because you know we have a we have a customer who we're working for who just happens to be one of the other computer science professors and uh you know whenever he has his customer hat on you know where we you, you don't want to tell him like well you know this isn't working because you know and then go into all the technical stuff because he doesn't want to hear it he's a customer yeah so make it work so you mean he actually has separate hats N- no not physical hats no but uh you know he he makes the uh, taking hat off motion when he wants to be the professor and when he wants to be well, the uh, customer. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think it might have been my database professor, uh, at least one of them, had an actual hat uh, that he brought into class, and it was his domain expert hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like... That just pretty much represented, you know, anyone that's knowledgeable in like the in the Pacific, uh, you know, domain that was being modeled. So you know, stuff about say, you know, if you're modeling a database for say a movie theater, you know, that would be you know like a theater owner, I guess. So, and yeah, it's sort of like the idea behind uh, how I revamped my LinkedIn profile a few months ago. So, like, I pretty much took out major mentions of, like, specific technologies mm-hmm. and just said, you know, like, web apps and, uh, you know, like, desktop apps and, you know, like, systems administration. So, whereas, you know, going into details of, you know, uh, Java, C Sharp, Python, ASP.NET, and stuff like that. Yeah. I just uh, I just put a link in there to a a post that I put on Google Plus about uh, you know our we discovered that the website looks terrible in Internet Explorer six, and he was like, well, as the customer, I cried, but as Nick, I giggled uncontrollably. <laughs> so strange that you mentioned this because I actually have a Windows XP virtual machine with Internet Explorer six in it. Yeah, I I just installed the XP virtual machine specifically to test it for that. Yeah, just so I can lol at everything that's broken. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I just mentioned uh, JavaScript. Um, along with JavaScript, you might be using jQuery with that. Um, so I got some good news. jQuery 2.0 has been released. So what exactly is jQuery? Um... So, you know how, uh, let's see, have you ever used, uh, get element by ID? Um. In JavaScript? Yes. Okay. Um, have you ever used, uh, well, 
I'm guessing that you've used CSS. Yep. And you know the declarations that you use for CSS? Um, like dot and then like class name. Sure. Like you, it essentially combines those uh, declarations um, in JavaScript. So you can, you know, it's essentially like a query that grabs all these elements, pulls them in, and it pretty much iterates over all of them that you can do pretty easy stuff with them. And it's like cross-browser, uh, you know, so you don't have to worry about the intricacies of Internet Explorer versus Chrome. Um, it's uh, It improves the usability of JavaScript immensely. That sounds very convenient. So, like, if you want to hide or show something on a page, or if you want to, like, toggle that, like, there's, like, three specific functions for that. And, like, it's always dot show, or dot hide, or dot toggle, or whatever. So, you don't need to, you know, write an if-else or anything. So, what's new in 2.0? Well, the big thing is that they've dropped uh, support for, guess what, IE 6, 7, and 8. And 8, wow. So, Windows XP is just gone. Pretty much. Um... Well, at least the Internet Explorer is supported well, therein. Yeah. Uh, but it says, don't worry, the jQuery team still supports the 1.x branch, which does run on those browsers. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too knowledgeable about jQuery, uh, but it's something that will change over the next, say, year. So... Cool. And, uh, you know, you can easily do, like, tabs um, with uh, jQuery. So, you know, you pretty much just have, like, a row of buttons or, like, an unordered list or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a container below that. And it'll, like, match up the first element is, like, the tab, you know, for this div and the, like, the div below it. Mm-hmm. The first child in the div below it, rather. So, you know, it... You know, it you can do wonderful things with jQuery. So Fox says, "All your homeland are belong to us." Now, uh, there's this uh, there's this guy who wrote a novel, I believe, called Homeland, and um, suddenly Fox, uh, the the you know television network, decides that uh, they want it off the internet. So they start going to you know Google and and you know requesting that they remove it from. Uh, from all of their uh, search results, because obviously this is the uh, you know the TV show Homeland, which belongs to Fox. Yeah. So everything that comes up Homeland belongs to Fox. I'm not sure what what kind of conflict they have with the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> that would that would be amazing. But uh, you know because you know the DMCA takedowns are, like, apparently have, like, an oath of uh, perjury or something, that uh, Fox might get themselves into kind of hot water with this. But uh, the reasons why they're doing this is that it looks seems like there's a bot that goes around. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's all pretty much all automated. So Surprising that they don't have somebody at least checking those things before... 
Yeah, but I suppose that there's got to be so many of them that, you know, you can't check right. every one. Right. So, you know, I have a uh, few free books that I've read online. Um, so it looks like I might have some reading material over the summer thanks to this. <laughs> so, um, so you have this new product uh, coming out, or you're developing a product. Hey, I am actually. <laughs> so, you know, you have to think about, you know, is it simple uh, to use? Uh, is it simple conceptually or just have a simple interface and it has a significant com cognitive overhead associated with it? So, you know, we tech people, you know, have a sort of distorted view on things in that we're sort of ahead of the curve on many things compared to the general population, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, your product may be targeting. Um, so, you know, simplicity isn't exactly what you think. It works along a few vectors. It's a multi-dimensional thing. Uh, you can minimize the number of steps in a process. You can minimize the time required or the number of features that you can activate or, the say, the number of elements on, say, a web page. Almost flat design. Yeah. <sighs> you know, like Google does, you know, and sort of, you know, destroy any semblance of what should I be clicking on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this uh, TechCrunch article, uh, you know, goes over things that look like they're simple, uh, but are, are not actually. Uh, for instance, QR codes. So, <laughs> is this a barcode? No, it's a website. But if it's a website, it should be in my browser, not on my camera. So, I take a picture of it. Okay, well, what app? Yeah. So, oh, it doesn't work with desktops. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I guess it goes on an Apple bash here and says, you know, iCloud and PhotoStream. You know, it's like, oh, it works, you know, uh, you know, it only works with certain things and not, and not other apps. And it only works on new things and Macs running uh, OS 10.7.4. But not your PC or Android tablet. Uh, try explaining that to your mom. Mm -hmm. Another good example of that actually was uh, Gmail, because you know, like I love Gmail for you know all of the wonderful things that I can do with it. I never realized how difficult it would be for other people to figure out how to do those things uh, until you know I finally got my parents converted over to Gmail from uh, Outlook Express. And, you know, they, they couldn't figure out how to do any of this stuff. And I'm like, well, just go into the preferences. Just click on the cog. It's it's really easy. And my mom's like, what? Yeah. Um, I really hated when, uh, like, Gmail redesigned. I think it was two years ago. Uh, might have been uh, longer than that, but they sort of forced their new design on everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, those uh, gray icons, you know, like the trash bin and let's see what else. Yeah, the cog. Oh, yes. And, you know, like the refresh button, the circle thing. And, like, the archive button. You know, like, it's sort of hard to see, like, which one is which. I actually like, you know, word labels on my buttons, mm -hmm. not icons. Yeah, but it's more like being on a douche phone now. <laughs> Which is cool. 
because that's what all the cool kids are using. So um, it also goes over some simplicity winners here, uh, like the Nintendo Wii. You know, you you know, it's sort of you know, gone downhill of late, but you know, its success was that you have this thing that you shake in your hand, and the dude on the screen does the same thing. You know. So suddenly, toddlers and grandparents are gamers. Uh, for a we'll, very, we'll debate the definition of for that later. A, a extremely <laughs> loose definition of gamer. Uh, so, and it also lists a few uh, things on the edge of is this easy to use or not, like Dropbox and Facebook. I like their concept of uh, you have to test things with the young, the old, and the drunk. Yes. Um, I believe the junks are there to substitute if you can't find any of the other two. (laughs) So, and this sort of made me recall an article from The Onion a few years back that said that uh, Apple had introduced the MacBook Wheel. Uh, which is a laptop without a keyboard, just a big iPod-like wheel on it. So you can type your email out in 45 minutes. Woo! At least it'll give you lots of time to think about what you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it turns out that you can actually use the iPad's Retina display uh, just with a PC display port and the uh, display. No extra hardware needed. Well, aside from, I think, an adapter. Right, but yeah. But it's not incredibly that special. And I've, I've heard of, like, people, you know, taking, um, taking their netbooks and turning them into simple uh, touchscreen tablets, um, but I've never heard of somebody taking apart a tablet and then using the screen uh, as, you know, a monitor. Yeah, and I think he uh, actually went to... Uh, like the wholesalers, I think, and uh, actually bought the same kind of display that's used in a Retina iPad. Right. So, yeah, but it's an iPad isn't widescreen. Well, neither is the uh, Chromebook Pixel. So, well, that's... Uh, yeah, no, that's 3 by 2 so no, it isn't. But, uh, yeah, I have... Uh, one of my friends, and he probably is not listening to this, but I will not say his name anyway. <laughs> but he has a strange definition of the word full screen. So, you know, being a gamer, what do you think full screen means? I can't see the taskbar anymore or the uh, bars around the sides of my window. Okay, in other words, it. All of my pixels are being used. It goes all the way to the edge. Yes. His definition of full screen is a 4x3 display. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. So he's using the widescreen versus full screen definition from back when, you know, they sold DVDs that either had had either format. I guess. But, uh, you know, he's even now that uh, that sort of comparison is out of date. But, uh, you know, it drives me nuts. You know, he'll ask uh, if something was uh, full screen or widescreen, and I'm like, well, both. 
<laughs> you know, a widescreen monitor, and it goes to the edges. <laughs> so, anyways, um, uh, this friend also happens to be a very uh, loyal to AMD, or at least their processors anyway, the CPUs. And uh, Ars Technica just uh, over the past two days uh, put out a two-parter story about the rise and fall of AMD, or at least the relative fall, but it seems like they've uh, fallen quite a bit over the past seven years since they bought uh, ATI, which ironically, that same friend hates ATI. Interesting. Or hates Radeons. Um, Most people I know is the other way around. They love Radeons, but they always go with Intel processors. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he uh, bought a laptop uh, a few years ago, and, of course, it had an AMD chip in it. Um, but it also, you know, because that AMD, you know, also has graphics uh, processors, it also had a Radeon in it. Mm-hmm. So I'd always ask him, so how's your not NVIDIA GPU working? You are a troll. <laughs> I could not help it. <laughs> so right-click and save as needs to die, and here's how you can help. You just add a uh, download attribute to a link, and the value is intended, and and put the value as the intended file name, and then it'll just work. Yes. So this is this is new in HTML5. Yep. So and, you, uh, you'll need a sort of recent browser. Um, let's see, I'm not sure when Internet Explorer decided to support this, but, uh, any of the others, you should be good. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, just tried this out. You can, uh, refer to the fringe for this when I fired up my, uh, virtual machine and tested this out. Oh, interesting. So, old IE in their eyes is nine and earlier. <laughs> okay, that's a very... Odd definition. Yeah. Hipsters. He does have the glasses for it. So. And, uh, you know, this is apparently in the HTML5 specs, so this isn't, uh, something that, you know, you know, someone just cooked up. Uh, like Google or anything. Mm hmm. So, and, uh, I believe you can. I think you might also be able to, uh, you know, do the same thing with a few HTML headers, but if all you have to work with is the uh, HTML itself, well, you know, that's a good way to do it. So, uh, do you remember WebP? Vaguely. Okay, uh, do you remember WebM? Nope. Okay, well, it's uh, a... Let's see, WebP is a... Uh, image compression format that uh, Google cooked up uh, from WebM, uh, which is its uh, video codec, but we're talking about WebP. All right. So it's supported in uh, Chrome and I believe Opera. So Facebook decided to enable it since Chrome is taking over the world. It's very progressive of them. Uh, But apparently it broke a lot of things and people got mad because apparently people like to right-click and save as on their images. Hey, didn't we just talk about that? <laughs> hey, that's a nice segue. <laughs> um, 
a segue that you stick into the middle of the description. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's what I like to, re- you know, that's a, like what I like to call a uh, callback, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of people uh, complained about this because uh, they would, they copied the uh, URLs to these photos and, you know, they put them in an email and sent them off to, say, their friends that have Internet Explorer and only use that. <laughs> or they try to, uh, you know, save it onto their drive and then suddenly notice that hardly nothing in the software, you know, the image software viewing ecosystem supports WebP yet. Which is a hilarious uh, reversal of, of things, you know. So, like, usually... You know, so it would be like somebody sends me a file and I happen to be on my Chromebook and I can't do anything with it because I don't have Windows. <laughs> oh, so you've had that uh, problem, have you? Uh, not often. Usually, you know, things are e- either, you know, compatible with Google Docs or at least viewable in Google Docs. So, question, since you're uh, doing that website thing in Tomcat and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. are you doing that from your Chromebook? Um, what, what do you mean? So are you coding that website project of yours on your Chromebook? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm coding it on, um, the... Sasha? The, no, no, it, it, we have a bunch of, uh, Fedora boxes in, uh, the dungeon, as we call it, (laughs) the, the lab, and, uh, usually we do things in Eclipse, but, um, for this project we're using the Groovy Grails version of Eclipse, which is basically the same. Yeah. So I've heard that was the uh, hotness a uh, few years back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I personally, I can't wait for everything to get up with the times. So What's hot nowadays? Uh, apparently WebP, in ah. this case. Um, so I've toyed around with it a little bit, and also its direct competitor called JPEG XR, um, which is what uh, Microsoft cooked up uh, a few years back. Um, and, uh, both of, both of them deliver fantastic images for much less than JPEG, uh, at least the size anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's plenty of advantages to moving towards this more efficient format. Um, and I actually thought about, you know, I, you know, sort of experimented with this to maybe put it on my blog, but, uh, you know, due to not a lot of things supporting it, I decided against it. Um, so JPEG XR isn't really supported by many programs either. Um, it's at least supported, at least viewing wise, uh, by my image, uh, programs, uh, GIMP and Irfan view. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, browser wise, I think only Internet Explorer supports JPEG XR. Um, I, th- if I recall reading a bug on, uh, Mozilla, um, I think they sort of decided against JPEG XR, and they're sort of on the fence about WebP, at least the specific version uh, of WebP, because apparently there's one that supports transparency, and there's another that supports animation, but they haven't been merged or something. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you can be transparent, or you can replace your GIFs. So, and because we can't have the internet without gifs. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah, Microsoft says that they won't sue over anyone implementing JPEG XR, and it's an established ISO and ITU spec, and apparently there is an BSD-licensed open-source implementation. Um, I believe that's in C. So, anyways. Yeah. Speaking of photos. So, uh, Zopfly, you guys uh, brought this up two months ago, mm-hmm. and it turns out that it can be used for the for uh, compression inside pings. So you can uh, Zopfly your PNGs to make them smaller, and you can take them wherever PNGs are supported. So take that, WebP. Mm-hmm. But the downside is that it's really slow to compress, but it's not slow to decompress. But, uh, you know, if you're going to be compressing, you'd better be using a multi-core processor anyway, so you can just do a few at once. So, uh, you know, multi-core, you know, that's great, but apparently Zopfly is single-threaded. So oh. you'll you'll need, like, a few images to compress this way in order to, uh, you know, get a little bit faster. Come on, so. even Ryan's figured out multi-threading. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, unlike WebP, uh, you can uh, do Zopfly on your PNGs and go everywhere with uh, no repercussions. So, I think uh, we had might have mentioned this uh, several months ago, BitTorrent Sync. It's sort of like a private cloud service uh, that you can host yourself, but it's based on the BitTorrent protocol. And uh, uh, the alpha of that is now open. So you can go ahead and try it out if you want. I recall um, on At The Nexus they uh, talked about a similar program, and this was like, this probably was probably like a year ago that they talked about this. Um, I forget what, what it was called. but yeah, now, uh, now that you mention it, I do faintly recall Ryan saying something about this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that it was BitTorrent, but it it sounds like it was no. exactly the same. Where you you provide all of the storage space on your own hard drives, and it just synchronizes them between between yep. your computers. So so yeah, you can uh, you know set up a server or like a NAS device and drop a few terabyte hard drives in there, mm-hmm. and boom. So your own cloud. Yay. So um. Speaking of things that won't uh, be in the cloud, or at <laughs> least maybe not even supporting the cloud, um, I came across an article recently uh, that has that's all about uh, very, very, very old computers that are still in service. Like older than me? Uh, older than you, even older than my mom. Um, so this uh, article on PC World uh, starts out uh, with sparkler filters in Conroe, Texas. Uh, apparently they have an IBM 402, uh, which is a, quote, computer, unquote, from <laughs> 1948. And um, as you can see, it's, this is a, you know, like a very large, uh, I wouldn't say maybe a larger than a refrigerator, but it's on its side. Um, and it uses, uh, punch cards. It kind of looks like a big, like, table saw, you know, workbench. Yeah. That's kind of the that. the vibe I'm getting from it. Yeah, you know, there's desktop computers, but 
this computer is sort of sort of has a desktop on it. <laughs> um, and uh, apparently there's modules that you uh, plug into this to, and these are sort of like your apps, if you will. You know, one of them does payroll, <laughs> another does inventory, and all this. So somehow, Beautiful. It, somehow it works for them. And Did they actually use it for things? Yeah. Oh my god. So, um, I think the uh, like the Computer History Museum sent out a few folks to convince them to part with it, um, but apparently they didn't wanna. <laughs> so, um, and then the second page goes into uh, uh, Vax mainframes that are used in the military, and uh, you know it mentions that. You know, all these military contractors have to uh, emulate the protocols and, uh, you know, like the communications uh, from these Vax computers that may or may not still be in service. Uh, but they control things like Minuteman missiles. Huh. Oh, boy. So. We haven't, uh, we haven't upgraded those yet? Um, maybe. Uh but, uh, you know, like, there's modern hardware that talks like these mainframes did. Okay. So, and then there's, uh, uh, then the third page, uh, says someone that runs his business on an Apple IIe. <laughs> which I remember using an Apple IIe in fifth grade. So, it was, uh, sort of like a more difficult, uh, per, you know, more difficult, uh, piece of, you know, hardware to use. Uh, mostly because it didn't have copy-paste. <laughs> I don't suppose it had Zumbinis on it. Mm, don't think so. That was the best game on those old Apple computers that I had in uh, elementary school. Let's see. I, I recall it had a word processor on it. Um, because, like, we'd pretty much, uh, you know, type up our, you know, like, spelling words on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was pretty easy to, you know, get the extra points on the other computers by, you know, doing it five times instead of three. Uh, control, or no, we rather Command-C, Command-V, because all of those were the newer Macintoshes at the time. <laughs> and uh, by newer Macintoshes at the time, I mean, like, the first-generation iMacs. Right. So... Were those the ones that uh, were super colorful? Yes. Yeah. Um... Let's see, I, I think they also had slot loading drives, because I'm not sure. Maybe the later iMacs had uh, like the actual tray, or maybe they did have the tray. I don't know, but uh, I did encounter a sort of later iMac from maybe like another year or two older, a year or two sooner than that, or something. Um, that my uh, ex girlfriend's dad had. And I managed to install Debian on that. <laughs> so, and that slot loading drive in that uh, was rather finicky. You know, there is maybe a 50% chance you get your disk back out of that on its own. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you had to, like, put in a paper clip, but, you know, you have your paper clip. But, you know, because iMacs were aesthetically pleasing to the eye, there was no hole for you to put your paper clip in to get this disc out. Huh. So you had to, I think it was, like, on the side of the slot, so you had to, you know, like, do this dance that you would put the paper clip in 
and then sort of like go aside so the disc could come out. It was weird. Seems like a design flaw to me. Uh, a design flaw on Max. Uh, you mean like dragging your floppy disk to the trash to eject it? <laughs> I never understood that. I always got really nervous the first few times that I tried to, yeah, eject a, uh, a thumb drive by doing that. I was just like, um, that's going to delete all my stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, like the first time, you know, I was like, okay, I put my floppy in and I know I'd get it out, but there's no button to do that. Because, you know, you know, being out in the real world, there's PCs everywhere and they have, mm -hmm. you know, nice big buttons to eject stuff. And it was like, you drag it to the trash can. I'm like, what? I don't want to delete it. I want to eject it, <laughs> you know? I still remember in like third or fourth grade or whatever, when uh, we had an assignment to, you know, type up some some little thing on, in, in uh, you know, Apple Works 6. And uh, I wanted to finish the assignment at home. So I, you know, went oh. home and, and I uh, finished typing it up on, on you know, Word 90, 98 or whatever we had at that time on my uh, Windows ME, put it on a, on a floppy drive and brought it to school and, you know, tried to open it up. And it was all just, you know, garbage, garbage. And I like looked at the teacher and I'm like, but but I did it. <laughs> This isn't fair, and I found out later that you know it was because Apple and Microsoft don't get along. And I, in my, you know, me being in fourth grade, I was like, everybody should just be friends. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I guess you know it's a victim of, uh, or rather, the uh, sort of. I don't guess I don't. I'm not sure how to say it, but uh, you know, we are children of the '90s. In that, uh, you know, we grew up in a environment where there was, you know, PCs and Windows, you know, you know, you know, the Wintels had conquered the world, and that's what everything ran on. And then go to school, and there, there's these Macs that don't really talk to anything. Yeah. So, and it was really ironic that, uh, you know, Microsoft produces software for these things, you know, and it's like, you know, I guess you could call it a killer app for, you know, all these Macs is actually a Microsoft product. Yeah. So it's like, wait, don't they like, don't talk to each other? How did this happen? You know? have some uh, podcast questions that were sent in. Woo! I wonder who that could be from. Uh, Ryan. I guess he uh, did not have a midterm or something this week. <laughs> so, um, 
Uh, the I had mentioned that he doesn't play games, but apparently he does or something. So he says that Journey is barely a game. You can't do anything, and when you do, you just walk around and float to scarf monsters. It's more of a story where you are interactively moving the main character. Kind of like one of those choose-your-own-adventure books. And if those aren't games, I don't know what is. I mean... So, uh, he d- I did point out that uh, Guild Wars 2 is a game, or at least I thought it was. Uh, so Ryan says, so I play a game, I do not play games. <laughs> that is the only argument and clarification you're getting here. So, uh, Ryan did notice the, uh, the Chris... Uh, asking what Ness, uh, which one? <laughs> so I thought there was only one, you know? Yeah. So uh, he uh, agrees that HTML5 DRM is a very bad idea, and he wonders if it becomes a standard, who will implement it. So uh, I sort of agree with the conclusion that they reached on the last at the Nexus, and that it will just be Internet Explorer. I, I do agree, though, that, um, you know, for for sites like uh, like Netflix, like Amazon Prime, you know, they need to be able to prevent people from just straight up, de- you know, saving the, the video file and playing it whenever they want to, because, um, you know, when you're when you're buying a when you're when you have a Netflix account, you're not paying them to you know save it save the file and and you know use it whenever you want to you're paying to stream it whenever you want to yeah it's sort of like and, a video rental service yeah and so and so like if they lose the uh the the license to that video you know legally you shouldn't be able to watch it anymore so and uh if push comes to shove they should just make an app on PC. <laughs> yeah, like anybody does that anymore. Well, people are making apps for all sorts of things. Why not PC? So, um, he uh, apparently really liked the uh, the Jonathan Colton uh, Re Your Brains song. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought it was a little strange, but apparently Ryan has uh, strange songs himself uh, with Get Lucky, which I believe is the... Uh, new Daft Punk single. Ah. So. Jonathan Colton, uh, I mean, pretty much all of his songs are a little strange, but that's why they're hilarious. Yeah, like uh, Still Alive. Yeah, no kidding. Which I think is probably his most popular song. I I loved Chris, like, have you ever heard of Still Alive? No? Well, it's in Portal. Oh, I thought for sure it couldn't have been that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, you know, apparently, you know, little guys can become famous. So, um, Ryan thinks that my script is great. Why, thank you. Uh, that's, uh, (laughs) he says, that's like two platforms. Uh, you're a multi-platform developer. Yay! Well, I thought I already was, but, you know... (laughs) Thanks. Would it have been possible for you to write it in Java? Because uh, I don't know if Java has the ability to, you know, write files. I think it does. Well, yeah. Yeah. I use it to write zip files. There you go. I mean, 
if uh, you look in my uh, uh, toilet blog engine and you find the uh, backup daemon, you can mm-hmm. see it writing files out to disk. So on a uh, EJB timer, no less. So you know, every night it uh, you know writes everything out to disk. So if uh, you know, say something happens with Postgres, or you know, if say the main system drive crashes, it writes it out to another drive, and then you know, occasionally I'll get in there and upload it or download it to somewhere else, uh, like SkyDrive. Mm-hmm. And then I can just shove that zip file back in there if I ever get it running again. Shove that zip file back in there, and poof, everything looks the same. Do you have the uh, 25 gigs of SkyDrive? Yes. From from before? That's yeah. good. So, which, uh, you know, I once I, you know, heard of that, I'm like, oh my word, you need to have this right now. Even mm-hmm. though I don't know what I'll use it for, <laughs> it'll be nice to have 25 gigs because, like, that, you know, Jopbrook still has, like, two gigs of storage for free or something. Yeah. So I'm like, 25, that's, like, two and a half times more. I like, think uh, over the over the course of... Um, my time using Dropbox, I got up to 10 gigs for free, you know, with all of the inviting other people and doing DropQuest and totally cheating at DropQuest because I got around to it like two days late and all of the answers were posted online anyway. <laughs> so, and then I took advantage of that uh, 50 gig from Box. Mm. So... Uh, oh, and of course I have, you know, 105 gigs on uh, Google Drive yeah. now. So I got a Chromebook. Chromebook. Yep. So apparently your music is in there and you're still only using like half of that, you said? Yeah. My music and all of my, uh, the ISOs of my DVDs. And yeah, I'm using, I think, like 47 gigs or something like that. Yeah. Um, I haven't, uh, refreshed my Google Music, uh, lately. So, you know, I'm probably thinking that I should go in there and, like, clear it all out and then re upload it. Mm. Since, you know, granted, even though my FIOS can theoretically upload at 25 megabits, like pretty much all these cloud services don't, are not anywhere near that fast, except for maybe SkyDrive and S3. Um, those can peg my upload pretty well, uh, at least depending on the time of day. So. Uh, Ryan says that he is drunk on the nectar of blossoming podcasts. (laughs) So he's sort of like a hummingbird that goes around to all the uh, RSS feeds. So that's really amusing because um, in in Spanish, uh, you know, one of the slang terms for like a guy who gets around is literally the word for hummingbird. I thought it was mariposa, which is a butterfly. Oh, I, I, I always heard that it was uh, Picaflor. Hmm. So, well, um, so maybe maybe I was maybe Mariposa is more of a uh, you know like a more of a demeaning term, mm. but uh, oh well, I haven't you know been much into Spanish for a few years. So uh, Ryan says that he played the show on the website, uh, so it could be its fault. But it reportedly said that the show ended about 49 minutes in. But apparently it was 1 colon 18 minutes long. So like a minute and 18 seconds. I, You know, that's, 
you know, the time format, how it's written down is ambiguous. But, right. Uh, so I guess the website player just can't count the time right, because I listened to what I thought I missed in VLC later, and it was fine. So, And I recall that uh, Ryan said he was using Google Scrobbler, and he said that it sucks. So there you go. Hmm. So now, and, who's this chap who gave uh, some feedback? So yes, I think this might be a uh, a first time here that we got uh, two submissions on the feedback form, <laughs> and perhaps the first time that uh, he is here with us. Yeah. So what do you have to say, Buck? So uh, you guys were talking about uh, you know someday everything will just be DLC, and I think in some cases we already are there because uh, we have episodic games like uh, you know the walking dead where you pay 25 dollars and then um you know each month you get uh, another you know two hours or so of gameplay that comes out but uh i think ec- episodic content is quite a bit different than you know having a lot of dlc mm-hmm. because you know like i recall back in 2006 or something uh, you know, Gabe Newell was saying that episodic gaming is going to take over the world. Huh? Yeah. Um, There's still time. Can Can you work <laughs> on your number three, Valve? Oh, right. Yeah, that. <laughs> That's what he was talking about. Um, oh, man. So, uh, yeah, Valve has totally failed at uh, episodic gaming and also at the number three. Um, but, uh, you know... Uh, it seems that only Telltale have really executed the episodic format uh, well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't think that anyone else is really doing episodic games. But, uh, you know, at least with episodes, there's, you know, a continuing but sort of discrete chunk of a story. You know, like a television episode. Whereas DLC, you know, just sort of adds on to what's there. It's, right. you know, very optional. So, um, yeah, and so let's see context for that one. Right, you guys were talking about how you can now um, easily program NES-looking games in uh, I forget what language. Uh, Python. Um, Python, yeah, and uh, kind of struck me that uh, couldn't we, uh, you know, easily program NES-looking games before now already? Uh, well, honestly, we have, and we have since the 80s, uh, because yeah. there was a NES that we had to code NES games on the NES 4. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, at least with Python, that it's, you know, nice and clean and easy to use. So. And, and, on, then... and although, in my defense, that was uh, an article that was a few months old, so. Okay. And then, of course, you know, Chris was talking about how he was going to be taking a vacation, uh, you know, sometime next month and uh, also like in August. And I was like, hey, I'll be at home and not really doing anything over the, that time. So when Chris goes on vacation, I can be a guest. And then here and, I am now. <laughs> yeah, because Chris decided he'd get sick or something. So, um, yeah, it's your lucky day. So. How dare he? <laughs> So, um, uh, speaking of, you know, questions and stuff, if you, if you would like to, uh, give us some feedback, uh, use the contact form on the nexus.tv and make sure you put show control structure. 
And also, if you would like to be a guest, um, like Ian here, we'd, we also like guests, uh, even if Chris is here or not. Um, so if you'd like to do that, uh, do the same thing and, you know, submit feedback. So, and today is International Backup Awareness Day. So, you know, go ahead and use SkyDrive or Google Drive or, uh, or even, uh, BitTorrent Sync if you can get yeah. that to work. So, back up every day. So, I'm guessing you've probably backed up today? Oh, I'm constantly backing up. Yeah. My computer can crash at any given time and I won't care. Well, I will care, but it won't <laughs> be the end of the world. Yeah. So, especially on your Chromebook. Well, yes, because absolutely nothing is stored locally there. Well, absolutely nothing? Pretty much nothing. I, um, thought, it, I thought it had a few gigs of flash storage somewhere. It, it does, but, like, um, the only folders that are in there are Google Drive and um, uh, downloads. <laughs> so... The rest of the rest of the flash storage is just used for you know program files and whatnot. Yeah. So, like, uh, does it sort of cache your stuff on your Google Drive on that uh, uh, locally? Um, some things I think so, but I'm not sure. Uh, I like I know that the the regular files, like you know my PDFs and stuff, I believe are not um, stored locally. Um. And I think the, you know, the, the Google Docs that I have set to be offline, I believe, are stored locally. Hmm. Well, you learn stuff uh, constantly. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, let's see, if you uh, like the music you hear on this podcast, uh, you can find it at the bottom of the show notes. So... And uh, everything that is on this podcast is either Creative Commons uh, that you can, you know, excuse me, that, that you can uh, remix, uh, or I have otherwise obtained the permission from the uh, musicians. So, so yep. And uh, so oh, I have uh, I have one more thing to say. Um, so we mentioned on uh, my show that we just got a uh, Minecraft server up and running. Uh, it's the official Nexus server, so if any of the listeners on here want to uh, come play with us, just uh, send us some feedback, and uh, we'll get you the IP address. All right. So, yeah, I uh, checked out Minecraft a while back, but I I went in there and I was sort of bored. So I don't hate it. It's just not for me. Yeah, it's one of those games that I really only play when I'm playing with other people. So, all right, so I guess that's it. Um, let's see, I don't really have big plans for this weekend, unlike last weekend. So, how about you? Oh, this weekend, oh, there's actually a giant Minecraft uh, LAN party that the uh, computer science department is putting on. Oh, speaking of. Yeah, so uh, we'll. I'll, that's what I'll be doing from 5 p.m. until like 3 a.m. on uh, from Saturday to Sunday. All right, so, yep, uh, let's see, yeah, I'm not having my dad come over this weekend, so, you know, it's just something my, all to myself, and maybe I might, uh, you know, continue my quest of having less stuff, so. An honorable quest. Yes, a very zen quest, so, 
Um, yeah, I guess Chris is still trying to find uh, people to buy his stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I uh, was joking with uh, Ryan, uh, you know, like with the uh, the discount code on Matt's car. Like, what was <laughs> it? Was it Bulk Bagalisk or something? Oh, I wasn't paying that much attention. I do it, know that it was like a thousand dollar discount, though. It changes every time. <laughs> so, and I'm glad I didn't get that car because apparently it's trying to kill people now. Oh yeah. So. That's why you have to watch out for them. Yeah, and you know, I, I wanted a car that I knew was in good repair because apparently Pennsylvania inspects their cars. Mm. So, you know, especially if I have to, you know, drive it from you know Minnesota to here. Um, it might actually be in worse condition. Right. So, um, and like I note, uh, you know, my parents were sort of concerned that, like, oh, it has an inspection. We don't have inspections over here in Ohio. Um, that, uh, you know, they were sort of concerned that it might not pass. I'm like, it, it runs fine. It's in good repair. It shouldn't be much of a problem. And, uh, I don't think it, they actually checked for it, but uh, they noticed it was totally out of alignment. So, like, I had them do that while I was in the shop there. Uh, but they said that the brakes wouldn't last too much longer, and being in Pennsylvania, there's nothing but hills here. And being able to stop, <laughs> being able to stop at certain places uh, comes in handy. Kind of important sometimes. More than you think, yes. You know, and it's not just at the bottom of the hills either, so... Of course, uh, you know, up here in Minnesota, for half the year, nobody can stop on downhills anyway, whether you have brakes or not. <laughs> yeah, like right now. Yeah. So. Screw you, weather. <laughs> so, uh, yep, I guess that'll be it for us, so, um, have a good one. Always a pleasure, Andrew. <laughs>